Welcome to Naked Age on The Naturist Living Show, a historical audio series exploring uncommon stories and profiling unique people who have gone to extraordinary lengths to live a nude life. I'm your host, Evan Nix. In this episode, we'll meet Jérôme Jolibois, a Belgian naturist and avid cyclist whose naked bike activism paved the lane for him to become the first open naturist elected to the Brussels Town Hall. This is Naked Age. You're listening to Naked Age. When you look at the history of nudity used in protest, events tend to fall into one of two columns. First, there's nude protest for the sake of advancing nude rights. Political naturism. Examples of this include things like free beach nude wade-ins, or the grassroots marches of the top freedom movement. Into the second column go instances in which nudity is used as a bullhorn to grab attention for other political or social issues, like the environment, animal rights, police brutality, the monarchy, the Holy Roman Empire, or pretty much anything else. Examples of this include Femin, protesting the patriarchy by bearing their breasts, or the nude celebrity billboard campaigns of people for the ethical treatment of animals. For events in this second column, there is a much deeper history to draw upon. From the Bohemian Adamites to free the nipple, there are scores of documented instances of nudity used in protest. Nudity's power as an attention grabber has made it a compelling tool for speech for as long as people have been shocked by the naked form. But in the 10th century since Lady Godiva's famous ride, it's the most recent one which has seen the rapid proliferation of nude protest as a common device employed by the counterculture. And it's only in the last 20 years that we have witnessed the emergence of a whole new kind of naked activism, a movement which has spread across the globe like a wildfire, and which also has roots in an entirely different transformational tool, the bicycle. One of the very first mass bicycle protests was the Great Bicycle Protest of 1896, in which roughly 5,000 cyclists took to the streets of San Francisco to demand better infrastructure for cyclist safety on city streets. As protest exploded with the counterculture in the 1960s and 70s, so did bicycle activism. Much like with nude activism, these fell into categories of bike activism for cyclist rights and bike activism as a way to bring attention to broader issues. These protests grew increasingly guerrilla in their tactics. This culminated with the aptly titled Critical Mass. Critical Mass rides consisted of large groups of sometimes hundreds of anonymous cyclists using flash mob tactics to meet up and ride together on city streets without official route or sanction, often disrupting and congesting automotive traffic. Not all of these rides build themselves as protest, 
But due to their rebellious and legally ambiguous nature, they had a politically disruptive effect. Critical mass expanded into a global phenomenon rapidly. Within 10 years, there were rides in over 300 cities. At the top of the 21st century, mass cycling events like this were so popular that an evolution of the formula was due. A convergence of two movements, connected in kind and essentially complementary. In 2001, after a series of six cyclist deaths in Zaragoza, Spain, a group of protesters decided to take action and stripped off their clothes for an inaugural ride that would eventually evolve into what is now known as the World Naked Bike Ride. WNBR was later organized by Canadian activist Conrad Schmidt as a protest of oil dependency and to promote body acceptance. Through collaborations with activists and groups around the world, WNBR grew so rapidly that just one year later, in 2004, there were nude bike rides in nearly 30 cities. One early city to have its own organized naked bike ride was Brussels, Belgium. Unlike neighboring France, which was a historical ground zero for bicycle culture, the ancient Belgian city had shoddy infrastructure for two-wheeled commuters. In 2005, this situation burdened recent transplant Jérôme Jolibois, an avid cyclist and naturist who had moved to Brussels from France just six months prior. Inspired by critical mass and the growing WNBR rides, Jérôme organized a local Brussels naked bike ride, an offshoot of the international WNBR, a ride referred to as Cyclo Nudista. The success of the ride and the political involvement required to organize such a demonstration sent Jérôme on a path of involvement in policymaking that ultimately made him a public face for inner-city mobility as well as naturism, propelling him into a town hall election and landing him in the press as an open nudist. Since then, he's been interviewed and photographed nude and covered an international press even appearing on national television in the nude. As a naturist and an activist, Jérôme Jolibois has pursued a nudist career that is unabashedly honest and remarkably fearless. He's challenged the status quo, not by raging against it, but by working within it, and doing so on his own terms. With his highly unique and often entertaining experiences as a naked public figure, Jerome has developed views on nudity and the importance of living with authenticity that are inspiring to listen to. And much to my delight, Jerome was generous enough to share some of those views with me recently over Zoom from his home in Brussels. What was it like to be nude on national television? Strangely, it was easy. <laughs> Strangely, it was easy, meaning that um, the people were very kind to me. So, well, I came to the uh, studio dressed, obviously. <laughs> but then you have to go to the makeup, which is very funny. <laughs> because the problem they had, it's, you know, usually they put something on your face so they didn't know where to stop. 
they tell me, oh, okay, that's the first time we have this problem. So it was really funny. They were a bit, uh, but very helpful, so very nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we we went to the on the on the set. I I did it also a very short time, uh, a few years uh, ago, in a small television in France for an interview, and that was less comfortable because I was really well. They used me a bit as a clown. I was really feeling used. The the only thing I can say is that uh, it was, you know, that kind of a mission when a television show or they want to put people against each other. Yeah, they want to so, create some conflict, right? Yeah, exactly. So so uh, it was uh, in front of me, they put a lady a bit older than me, maybe 10 years older than me, uh, who just published a book about the po- politeness and the way to, uh, to be... Uh, in society, and uh, and they thought that because I'm naked, I'm not polite, and that was very funny because we had a chance to chat very quickly in backstage with this lady, and she was not at all shocked by my nudity, and even in the show, she said, "But no, this guy is totally respectful. He's really polite. He's really behaving properly. Behavior has nothing to do with clothes." So I think the the, the journalist who wanted to have a little bit of fight was a bit uh, annoyed by this situation but that was for me very interesting because then I could prove that indeed clothing has nothing to be naked or dressed has nothing to do with good or bad behavior and that's a very strong point for me. To what extent is it your responsibility to be kind and to be polite to represent that idea that you you know just because you you're not wearing clothes you're not bad that's very important for me it's not only that i'm not bad but i'm just fitting in the society i'm not uh, a, a weirdo because that's easy for the people to pretend okay you're a nudist you're a weirdo you're a bit of a a side of the society And as I am not at all inside of the society, I'm pretty much straightforward in my education. I'm a financial director, I was. I'm elected on a town hall. I'm totally in line with this society. I'm not, I'm not something, someone who wants to break everything down. I just want to be myself and to prove that, dressed or not, we're just plain human in the society and not apart. I never understood this stupid clothing has no purpose except to hide something. Why do we have to hide this part and not our ears or our ankle or our feet or it makes no sense. And and that's really from the beginning. I I mean, I just like to be naked uh, when I was a, a young boy around maybe seven or something like that. I put pyjamas on because my mother wanted me to put pyjamas to get to sleep and I put them on but in the morning the pyjama has disappeared and it was not totally conscious 
It's just that probably during the night I don't felt comfortable and I just take it off. And then I discovered by going on vacation on the seashore uh, that other people were liking to be naked. You grew up in France, right? I, I grew up in France and it was also in the 70s. So it was really in the high peak of the naturist. Um, but I was not from a naturist family. Uh, my parents never hide uh, when they were naked in the ba bathroom. We were taking bath and shower and uh, brushing teeth in the same bathroom. And uh, my, my father or my mother could be naked and, or us and that make no difference. So we were 10 people, uh, four adults and, uh, and six children. And yeah, when we go to the bathroom, it was all together. And sometimes we were three at a time in the bathtub to go quicker <laughs> with my cousins, with my, uh, my brothers. And, uh, and sometimes my uh, uncle was uh, also brushing his teeth. That was just natural. When you live in such close quarters with people, it's hard not to experience people nude, you know? That's how families work, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's interesting because you grew up in France. You know, there were beaches and there were those types of things around. And the French attitudes on nudity are sort of famously liberal, right? Compared to some parts of the world. Do you think that that uh, influenced your family or that influenced your attitudes and nudity early on just because you had exposure to it like that? Oh, yes, probably. And, and also... Um... I said that I'm not from a naturist um, family, but my father was a, a naturist. Um, he was not really telling us about it, but from time to time we could see him uh, bathing nude in the garden or going for a walk, and we knew he was going to uh, naked beaches. Um, and indeed, it was it was maybe culturally probably more accepted, even though my mother was the total opposite. For her, appearance and what the other people think was very, very important. So for her, if we do it secretly, let's say, that nobody knows, it's fine. So that was a weird message, because for me, I, didn't, I never felt that I was doing something bad. Sure. Um, and that's maybe also why I react later to put it publicly, because I, I don't think it's a good attitude to hide. When did it go for you from sort of enjoying nudity to doing it more publicly? Yeah, well, it, it, the, 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 it was progressive. I discover that there are some um, nudist clubs and around my house, I discovered that there is a few, uh, but I was not able to go there because uh, I was not 18 and not able to drive to those places that were quite difficult to reach. But then I discovered by accident in a magazine, but just a normal magazine, that one, one two swimming pools were offering, via an association, some uh, naked swimming nights. So I immediately went there. So I went, it was three nights a week, I was going there every time. And then I tried to help the club. And uh, well, I help in communication. 
so I did a little flyer and uh, and that's how it started really to be public because that's where I discovered that when talking about those sessions to unknown people or friends it was always well received either by curiosity or either oh uh, by uh, interest but really quite exceptionally with with uh, reluctancy or with uh, shock almost never That gave me confidence to say more out loud that I was a naturist and I was going there and uh, that's great and you should come and blah blah blah. But that was still, you know, before the, the, the internet and all the social media, so it was really just ending some some flyers uh, from time to time and talking to my friends. When I moved from Paris to Brussels. And I was not happy with the biking situation in Brussels, even compared to Paris, where I was biking a lot in Paris, and it was quite comfortable um, because, well, they did bike uh, bike lanes in the bus lanes, and they extended the bus lane to be able to be quite comfortable. So you could go very easily from one place to another by bike. But in Brussels, it was just a nightmare. Uh, there is nothing for bikes. So I was really unhappy about that. So I, I managed to 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 be an activist in the bike protest, like the critical mass. So oh, yeah. I went. So in 2004, I did the critical mass in Brussels. It was already five or six years they were doing that, but it was very confidential event. Event. Uh, we were 10, 20, sometimes 30 people, and nobody was writing about it. No article, no news, nothing. So it was very confidential. So I was not happy with that. I said, okay, what's the point? It's nice to do a tour on bike, <laughs> but that's not the purpose. The purpose is to, to, to make our point, to say we want protection, we want um, bike lanes, we want uh, infrastructure. And then that's where I discovered that in uh, Sarasota, in Spain, in 2001, uh, during one critical mass, I don't know exactly why, but they started to get naked. And then it made the news. So I say, why not create the, 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 the World Naked Bike Ride in Brussels? So in 2005, I created the World Naked Bike Ride with some friends of the critical mass. And that's where it was very public, because the first one, I sent a press release uh, to all the newspapers in Belgium, and I made the first page of the local paper saying, nudists want to, buy, to ride a bike and um, make a parade in Brussels. And the mayor says, this is forbidden. And, uh, and that was the start of, uh, of a very interesting adventure. Wow. Um, do you feel like sharing any of that adventure? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because the first edition was really, we didn't ask any permission, like critical mass, in fact. Huh? Um, and I chose a very symbolic uh, place. I was just coming, it was six months that I was living in Brussels. So I was not knowing Brussels very well. So I just chose a place where you could not be trapped by the police. It was a big, big open area, but it was in front of the biggest 
Justice Palace in the world because it's in, in Brussels. It's a yeah. huge palace, almost on the top of the city. Wow. So in front of the Justice uh, Palace, that was the start of the Cyclonudista. I, this morning I came, uh, I had just a little, like a scarf, like, I a, see. like a wrap. Yeah, <laughs> a wrap, voila. Uh, and I came a little bit earlier than the, the start was uh, foreseen. And when I arrived, I saw 20 police trucks hided in the streets surrounding the Justice Palace. Then there were, uh, I don't know how many policemen on the main plaza. And 70 journalists, which means the totality of the press in Belgium. Wow. They were all there. And we were 12 people. <laughs> it was 12 degrees Celsius wow. and it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> and then the policeman came to me, the chief of the policeman came to me saying, uh, you know that this uh, protest is forbidden. And I, I looked around and said, what protest? We cannot do a bike tour with some friends. We were only 12 people, you know. That was not a huge protest. <laughs> yes, 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 you can do a tour uh, with your friends. And then he started to leave and then he came back and said, yes, but no nudity. Okay. And I said, what do you call nudity? Uh, you, we cannot see your genitals. Ah, okay. So I unwrap myself and I had just put a fig leaf in front of my sex. Yeah. So I opened it and I said, is that okay? So he was looking me in the eyes and then he just very quickly go down and up again. And he said, yes. And he left. <laughs> And then we were only uh, about the 12 people that were present. I think there is only three people who are almost naked like me, uh, sure. but not totally naked. So we couldn't, we didn't show up our genitals <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> this time, uh, but we did a, a tour um, from this place to the big, the bigger park that we have in the city. Uh, because for me, it was also very symbolic because it's a huge uh, boulevard, uh, avenue, let's say, uh, and there is no bike lane. Uh, so it, for me, it was very symbolic. Uh, but then the, the, I don't know how you call it, but for in, in Belgium, we call it the renseignement généraux, police who are really looking about terrorists and people like that. Sure. They were following us, filming us during all the bike parade just wow. to make sure they have record everything so that was the first edition and it was amazing that's but wow. very strange <laughs> <laughs> was there any backlash from that nothing after? nothing uh, what about positive like did you get good press yeah i was very surprised because the press was talking really about the message um, they didn't talk a lot about the, the, the fact that it was forbidden. They really talk about why we're doing it. So that was very, 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 for me, it was a success. Even if we're not naked, 
<laughs> basically. Um, for me, it was a huge success because they talk about the subject we wanted to, to talk about. So that yeah. was really, really important. Wow. And it started from there. And then, um, and then well, we did 15 editions already. Wow. Now with the authorization, uh, I managed to lobby enough uh, to make the police recognize that nudity is not forbidden in Belgium. Because it's the fact. Uh, the, the law is unclear, so you can always risk to be arrested. That's, that's, you, you are probably going to be arrested very easily and almost 100% of your time, but you will gain your, your trial. Sure. Because voilà, there is a gap, and and policemen don't understand why it's legal, and yeah. uh, it's legal if nobody is really offended, or if you don't do it to offend, which is very difficult to prove. But for the moment, no naturist even has been ever convicted uh, for just plain nudity. There's something interesting to me too about uh, cycling and nudity. I think there's something kind of related between those two things, right? They're like a, a more natural way of living on some level. Has that occurred to you before? Yes, it is very, it's very linked, biking and nudity. Because when you ask people uh, what they think about nudity, most of the time they think about freedom. And when, they, when you ask them about bike, what they think about is freedom too. So I think the both are really related to a kind of freedom, different. But uh, it's yeah, I think it's there is really a lot in common in, in in those two aspects. So when you put them together, it's quite strong message. Have you been involved in activism in other ways or or before? that moment? Um, no, that for me, it was really the starting point of my public nakedness, let's say, uh, in, in nudity, public nudity. But then very quickly, I, I also wanted something else. I was going every Friday in Brussels. We had only one uh, um, naked swim uh, per week. It was on Friday evening. And um, I was obviously going there from the beginning. I, I lived in Brussels, but uh, I was meeting people not of my age, not with any of my interest, as for example, dancing or uh, house music or techno music or electronic music that I love a lot. So I was a bit, yeah, it's nice to be naked with other people. We all know that as naturists, but something was missing. So I started to ask to my friends when they came home if it's okay that I'm naked. And then I asked when they invite me to their place if it was okay that I was naked. And then I started to ask in parties. So first in more private parties and then growing up to very huge discotheque in Brussels. Uh, I think it was in 2010 that I really started to go in huge parties. I mean huge, it's 5,000 people dancing in a, in a huge 
clubs uh, on Saturday night. Um, we are with the only one naked. And, uh, and it went so easily that I was amazed. I thought that people were going to accept, uh, but I thought that maybe, I don't know, 20-30% will be really not accepting the, this fact. And in fact, it was very, very exceptional when people were coming to me and says, uh, I don't like that, uh, get dressed. And uh, it, it did, didn't even happen one time per party. Wow. So I started to be very more and more, more public. Uh, sometimes I was going out four times a week, always naked in all different kind of places. And for me, that was also very important to try to, to see if it was this sure. discotheque that was open-minded. So I tried to go also in more select discotheque where I was accepted also. And always they have the explanation why they accept me. Everyone has the same speech about the other. When I was with young people, they were saying, yeah, we are young. Huh? If you go with old people, they will not accept it. And if I go with old people party, they're going to say, yeah, but we are, you know, we're grown ups. We have experienced a lot of things in life. That's why we accept it. Young people will not accept it. And it's, it's really strange that people, most of the people, have no problem for, about nudity for themselves. They always fear about what the other thinks. But most of the time, they are not offended themselves. That's, that's very curious. That's very curious. So, how did you become involved in politics? Well, I started with politics, not about nakedness. It was really about biking. As I was so angry about the situation of the bike infrastructure in Brussels, that I tried to, to see what the politics, local politics, were proposing in their program, elec hmm. election program. And I discovered that almost none of them had a real mobility program. Even the Green Party, uh, which I was close to. So I came into this Green Party and I tried to be really active in this party and I pushed and I developed a mobility program for this party. And on the side, I was doing Cyclonudista. And by doing Cyclonudista, I had also to lobby with the police to get the authorization, I had to, to lobby with the mayor. And as I was active in politics, they asked me just to be on the list one day uh, for the next election. It's a six years mandate in the local election in, in Belgium. So I was elected, but I was elected uh, not at the town hall at that time, but I was elected for another mandate for all the social care. I did that for six years in the opposition. So I was just representing your opposition and my party. And sure. then uh, since three years now, I've been elected at the town hall, but in the majority this time. So, uh, so voilà. that's how I get. It's a bit <laughs> by accident, <laughs> in fact. Yeah, sure, sure. 
you've been public with your nudity in politics, I understand. Is that right? Yes. And, and that for me was very important. So uh, the, the, the members of the Green Party had to vote for me being on the list. Uh, what was for me very important is that they knew that I was a naturist, that I was a naturist um, activist. Um, so I managed, and it was by chance, uh, to get an interview from the local paper. And I did again the first page <laughs> of, the of, the news of the newspaper, um, saying a nudist is running for office in uh, Brussels town hall. Uh, I had immediately a call from the communication group of the Green Party <laughs> yeah. saying, wow, what did you do? You're not even sure to be on the list. And with this communication, you probably will not be and blah, 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 blah. And then I stopped them immediately and I said, I'm sorry, I want people to vote with knowledge. I want them to know that if they elect me to be on the list, they are choosing a nudist activist. I don't want to hide that. That was very important for me. Right, yeah. And it went without any problem. I was totally uh, accepted uh, with this. Uh, it was never used against you by your political opponents? <laughs> never, ever. That's good. But that, I think, those, the... the, the the power of of really accepting who you are and I'm and just saying voila I'm that like that so it's more difficult for them to attack me than if I have hided this situation and if they have brought that uh, to the to the public I think it's a it's a power to say okay yeah that's who I am I really believe in that yeah the truth will set you free right i could understand that sometimes it's more difficult than that i agree it depends yeah. maybe on your job it depends maybe of, uh, of a lot of things maybe i was hap uh, lucky on that part but sure This is sort of a random thought, but <laughs> it does so much to normalize nudity, you know, when you just put it out there and people see that it is perfectly normal, it's perfectly human, it's nothing to be ashamed of. But I also wonder if that power that nudity holds for protest or for activism is the sort of shock value. And the more you normalize nudity, does it lessen the shock of, of nudity for activism? I don't know. Maybe those are unrelated. I'm not sure. Well, no, no. Uh I think it's maybe at one point of time ha will happen, and that's great. When it's not more scandalous anymore, well, yes, you cannot do the buzz anymore, but then just the right to, to the, uh, in France we call it le, le droit à l'indifférence, which is mean just the right not to be noticed, you know? So, indeed, with the Cyclonista, I use the power of the nudity and the little shock that it still provides uh, to make my point. But if one day it's not a shock anymore and you can be naked everywhere, anytime, I prefer. I definitely prefer. <laughs>
In 2022, the World Naked Bike Ride is planned in over 70 cities across 20 countries. Brussels Ciclo Nudista is planned as normal for the third Saturday in June. If you'd like to attend a Naked Bike Ride, an official list of cities is available at wiki.worldnakedbikeride.org. This episode included music sourced from the Free Music Archive under a Creative Commons license. Please see the show notes for detailed credits. Special thanks to Jerome Jolibois, Andy Tabbitt, Carl Hild, Timothy Sargent, Shannon Lewis, and Stefan Deshane. This episode was brought to you by The Naturist Living Show. Please subscribe to The Naturist Living Show wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to past episodes of Naked Age at nakedage.co. Thanks for listening.